Good morning. Our reading this morning comes from Proverbs 31. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of a merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her, her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among, among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, good morning. As you go to your seat, let's... Once again, pray and ask God to be with us this morning as we open his word. Father, we are grateful to be gathered in your name once again. Pray that you would be with us, that you would move mightily in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take your good word, the living and active word of God, and, and have it come alive in our hearts. Have it, have it mean so much to us in the richness of Jesus Christ. May it point to him in all ways and in and all things and all aspects of our life. I pray that uh, those who have come in this morning uh, burdened are comforted. I pray that those who have come in from a, a difficult week uh, would be bathed in you, Holy Spirit, and your warmth and your grace. And help us not to leave here uh, without being transformed. Uh, if we're somehow resisting you, Holy Spirit, we pray that we would submit. We pray we'd lay our lives before you. Uh, so thank you that this is the work that you do. We don't muster this up by ourselves. There's no amount of uh, willpower or self-will that can do that. And we, we ask that you would do that in our hearts. And we expect that you will because this is the God you are. We love you. It's in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Well, so good to be with you. Last week, we started a series in the book of Proverbs. So this is week number two. Uh, and as we walk through the Proverbs, we're naming the series Straight Paths. And the reason we get that or the where we get that is directly from the book of Proverbs uh, that speaks of paths often. And straight paths uh, is what God affords the one who walks in the fear of the Lord. Uh, so the one that is on a straight path is the one that is seeking the Lord, the one who is seeking godly wisdom. And it's God who makes that path straight. 
today, we're going to be looking at this theme or topic of woman, womanhood, or wives and mothers, as we just read about in Proverbs 31. We're going to be looking at uh, different topics all throughout the summer. And so uh, this morning, we want to consider what the Word of God, what Proverbs says about femininity, about womanhood. And as you know, Femininity has never been so scrutinized as it is right now in this moment in our history. Never, never before has there been a moment where what it means to be a woman, what it means to define womanhood, never, never before has it been this prominent in our lives. And so if the culture, if the world, if everything outside of these doors are helping or trying to help define exactly what femininity is, then certainly we need to, as the people of God, turn to his word. Because as you, as you might know, and I hope that you know, the, the word of God, the Bible, has much to say about the ultimate truth and goodness of womanhood. Now, as soon as Stephanie came up and uh, read that text and said that the text was from uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 31, uh, some of you may have gotten just a bit nervous uh, because this passage has been used in many different ways and many different contexts over the years. So some of you might, might be thinking, oh no, what is, what is Jeff going to say this morning about this? Your heart might uh, already be assuming some type of a defensive posture there's understandable reasons for this. Well, we, we can think about all the, the things that have happened in our culture and in cultures past, and that is understandable because this passage has been wielded as a weapon in, in some contexts. And maybe it's even been wielded as a weapon in your context, where you have come from, in your past church experience. If it's not been wielded as a weapon, it's maybe been used in just an unhelpful way. This is a way that hasn't been unpacked in a gospel-centered way. I imagine that, that this passage probably carries some baggage because it's been used to accuse women who work outside the home for not caring for their family. I've also heard that this text has been used to condemn mothers who stay at home for not having their own small business or for not knowing how to sew. That's true. And as a wife or a mother, you may have, have just ended uh, a work week that has been incredibly difficult for you. Uh, we all, we say this every week, we all come in in different uh, experiences, some highs, some lows, maybe they're extreme highs and extreme lows, but the last thing that someone, one of you ladies that are coming in out of a hard week, the last thing you want to hear this morning is that you're not doing enough or you're doing it wrong. And that's the last thing I want for us as well. Let me propose that this poem, and it is a poem uh, of, of Proverbs 31, is a great encouragement. It's a wonderful encouragement. The grace of God working in the lives of women who walk in the fear of the Lord. And by the way, I mean all women, not just wives, even though we see there in verse 10 that he says an excellent wife, that an excellent wife can very easily be translated into an excellent woman. That's the same word for woman. Uh, we actually could really uh, translate this most accurately into a valiant woman. That's what the, the literal Hebrew is saying. This is a valiant woman. So if you're not married, this message is still for you this morning. 
And so I hope that it's encouragement for all of us. Here's the main idea that you'll find on the handout if you want to take notes this morning. The main idea is the fear of the Lord fosters faithful femininity. The fear of the Lord fosters faithful femininity. And what I would love, love to do, I'm going to make a few observations about this passage, and then I'll have three implications for us as we end our time later. Now, why would we even set aside time to talk about women? Well, the answer is because the Bible does. The Bible does. From the very beginning, God created them male and female. Earlier this week, uh, my son Owen went over to my parents' house, and uh, they, my dad took him shopping, and he, he got him a, a polo shirt, and we were uh, about to drive away uh, from their house after having this polo shirt, and Owen noticed that on the tag it said, uh, lady, lady polo shirt. And he's like, this is, this is a lady's polo. And I said, well, how do you, how, how do you know? It looks like a, a man's shirt. And then uh, we looked closely, and the buttons are on different sides for women's shirt. And he, he asked me, why are they on different sides? And I said, God made them male and female. <laughs> what an opportunity. He really didn't buy it. I still, I actually, I don't know why the buttons are on opposite sides of the shirt. Women are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. Equal in value and dignity with men crowned with the beautiful honor of being helper. Scripture never speaks of women being less than men. Never does. It does speak to distinct roles for men and women in God's created order. The Bible lifts high and honors femininity. I hope that you could even know that or hear that just by listening to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is, is the capstone of the entire book of Proverbs. This is how the book ends. It's pretty remarkable that the author chooses to use this topic, this poem, to close out the book of Proverbs. If you look at any other piece of ancient Near East literature, women were not portrayed this way. Women were not praised in the ancient Near East. Any literature about women were, uh, women were presented in a very sexualized or erotic way. Even in ancient Greek literature, most often women were portrayed as lazy homebodies whose roles were muted to the point of irrelevance. Proverbs 31 it's highly countercultural. It was highly countercultural back then. It certainly is today. The femininity that the modern world offers us is quite different. It desires to lift women up, but it does so so often at the expense or minimization of men. And we can certainly look back, as I mentioned earlier, through, through history, and we can see the upsetting treatment of women. And so we can understand this rise of wanting to recognize that women have dignity, that they're of equal dignity and value as men. But we know that even in recent history and even in the church, that has not been what has been proclaimed. And so we can understand it, but biblical faithful femininity shows us how to honor womanhood, but not in opposition of men. Secular feminism tends to mischaracterize Christian women as weak 
or passive. It tends to attack the distinct but complementary roles of women. And in the extreme cases, it tends to cast marriage as not beautiful, but some form of slavery for women. But the Bible does not do any of this. In fact, it does quite the opposite. One of the uh, commentators that I was reading this week uh, categorizes this poem in the the, uh, genre of heroic poetry. This was a specific genre of the time, heroic poetry. This, This is a story about a valiant woman. She's a heroine. She's an exemplar. Of course, even as modern-day feminism has become so established in our culture, there, there is, in many ways, it's so strange, at the same time, this obsession with external beauty for women in our culture. The heroine of our time is sadly so often hypersexualized or, or, or at least presented in, as this unattainable icon of beauty. What it means to be beautiful is only, only attained through surgeries and procedures and money. And we could go on and on about how this desired woman and her appearance is wrecking our girls. It's wrecking our girls. It's bringing deep shame to so many women. And, and Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, in fact, the whole Bible does, does none of that. What we just read here in Proverbs 31 is of a woman who fears the Lord being dressed in strength and dignity, and that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Even within the Christian subculture, we, we find some really unhelpful ways of looking at femininity. Some really unloving worldviews that you can find out there. Maybe even in the Christian section of a bookstore, if you still go to a bookstore. Or if you listen to a podcast, you'll find so many so-called Christian women trying to help other women by offering them six steps to being a godly woman. Four ways to have a better marriage. And so often in these podcasts or books or articles, there is no gospel. There's no gospel. There's a small God that appears. The other thing that I've seen is somewhat of a a weird celebration of what I call the girls, we're all messes approach. Have you you seen this? It's, It's this idea that we're all messes and we're going to live as messes. We're actually going to take pride in being messes together. Is life messy? Of course life is messy. I'm not saying that life isn't messy. Of course. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Christ to bring us out of the chaos that is all around us. But some, some of the popular podcasts and books really want women to embrace mess as some kind of virtue. And the problem is when you embrace mess as a virtue, so often it leads to pride and not to God. It leads to wanting to be more and more messy because the more of a mess you are, the more virtuous you are. Look at me, I'm a mess. But it rarely turns to God as the one who redeems and grows us. And again, I'm not not saying that you can't acknowledge that your life at times is a mess. My life's a mess. 
I'm not at all saying that. I'm not trying to condemn you if that is how you're feeling this morning. I'm not saying that you need to pull it all together this morning either. Because we can't. You can't pull it all together, but he can. The one that actually holds all things together can pull it together for you. So the the Proverbs 31 woman is not valiant because she's not presented as a mess. She's valiant. She's a heroine. She's magnificent because she walks in the fear of the Lord and in wisdom. As we look closer and closer at this passage in Proverbs, we actually see how this woman is actually helping to re-Edenize the world in some ways. And what do I mean by that? Well, if we think back to the garden at the very beginning, when Eve failed in the garden, when she took of the fruit, she failed in that moment to ultimately walk in the fear of the Lord. In fact, she wanted her own wisdom. She wanted to be like God. So she reached for the fruit to have her own godlike wisdom and not walk in fear of the Lord. She was supposed to bring about cultural flourishing, Eve. The Proverbs 31 woman does trust the Lord. She does trust the Lord. She is a life giver to her family and community. She dresses herself with strength compared to the fig leaves of the garden. Eve's stinginess is replaced by this woman's generosity. There is a fall in the garden but flourishing in the gates of Proverbs 31. Now, I mentioned up up top that there are three main implications that I want to draw out of this text this morning. So again, if you are taking notes, they are blanks there on your handout. But here are the three implications I'd love to see from this poem. They are faithful femininity is family-centric. Faithful femininity is others-oriented. And faithful femininity employs God-empowered gifts. Family-centric, others-oriented, and employs God-empowered gifts. First, faithful or biblical femininity is family-centric. We see this woman attending to her husband. She's doing him good and not harm. She is the provider of food for her household, household from afar. She is diligent to not just provide food, but clothing for her family. Her husband trusts her. Her children rise up and call her blessed. She is the opposite of what we find so often in the book of Proverbs of the foolish wife or the foolish woman. The foolish wife who is quarrelsome, like like a dripping, or the foolish wife who brings shame to her family. She's the opposite of that. In fact, Proverbs 31 is a beautiful picture of shalom, of shalom. Even in the midst of the fall, we have shalom in the life of the Proverbs 31 woman and in the life of her community and her family. Moms who work outside of the home, moms who stay home, single moms, foster moms, spiritual moms. Do you see how the Bible honors you? Do you see what a beautiful picture this paints for you? And very closely along with this, it's not too hard to see in this text that faithful femininity is others-oriented. It's not just her household, right? 
It's not just her own household that she attends to. She is a blessing to her maidens who she, who she provides for. She opens her hands to the poor and the needy. She sells her clothes to the community. She offers wisdom when she speaks and teaches kindness. We know that the foolish woman is the opposite of those things, that the foolish woman is selfish, inhospitable, only thinking about herself, only thinking about gain for her. Not so with the Proverbs 31 woman. Those of you who came with Molly and my family from Redemption Story Church will know this name, uh, Janet Oglesby. The church we came from had a husband and wife, Mark and Janet Oglesby. They were older. They were in their 60s, and they really were the dad and mom of our church. Uh, What was so incredible, and Janet left us about four years ago. She went to be with the Lord after a battle with cancer. In fact, today is their wedding anniversary. Janet would be in a little foyer that we had at the church, both before and after services. And inevitably, what you would see at the end of every service is a line of people, most of them ladies, lined up to talk to Janet. And Janet would pray and talk with. You, you wouldn't be able to talk with Janet, even if it wasn't on a Sunday, without her bringing up those who she's praying for, those that she just had coffee with, those that she is wanting to know could be paired with another woman in the body for discipleship. As I think of the Proverbs 31 woman, I think of someone like Janet Oglesby, others-oriented, a woman who fears the Lord has others on her heart. And finally, faithful femininity employs God-empowered gifts. This woman is exerting herself in the marketplace to love and serve her family and others. We hopefully clearly see that. She's obviously gifted. She's gifted specifically in working with her hands, uh, making clothing, making linens. She's resourceful. She's hardworking. She does not eat the fruit of idleness, as we heard. Uh, she, her works praise her in the gates of her community. She's well known for how resourceful she is. God has given her these certain skills and gifts, and she is walking in them faithfully. Now, again, I understand if, if you come to Proverbs 31 with a certain amount of dread because you think that the message is that you have to have these specific skills, not at all. Not at all. Even, even this, this idea or this lie that if you work outside the home or, or if you work outside the home, it means that you are not family-centric or, or even the lie that you have to work outside the home, that you have to run a small business if you are a mother. All of these are lies. And they've come from the twisting of the beauty of this passage. Let me just ask, ladies, do you tend to your family and serve them primarily? Do you have a heart for others? Have you recognized how God has gifted you? And do you walk in that gifting? And as I look around this room, the resounding answer is yes. I see that in each of you. Each of you, God-empowered gifts working themselves out in the ladies of City Church. Wonderful moms, beautiful wives and women. I can say that happily about my own wife. I would not want the opportunity to go away without praising my wife in this moment. 
that Molly loves and serves me and our boys so faithfully, so beautifully, and she cares for others. It's God-glorifying. Those of you who are not married or do not have children, I, I see you, the way you pour out with our church, the way you give yourself, give of yourself for the people of City Church, the way that you give of this family and your community is beautiful. So many women at City Church who fear the Lord and are to be praised. So, of course, because this is heroic poetry, we are meant to celebrate. We are meant to be encouraged. And so I hope that we are. I hope that we are encouraged, but we know that there is remaining sin that clings so closely. We talked about last week and, and how do we even approach the book of Proverbs? How do we even read Proverbs or apply Proverbs to our life? And we said that the Proverbs will, for the believer, confront lingering foolishness in our life. That the Proverbs will confront us. That we can't read any part of the Bible, including Proverbs, and not be confronted with our own remaining sin. So what is the possible remaining foolishness that we find, even as we come to Proverbs 31? Well, one of them could be the prideful fool. Who's the prideful fool that reads Proverbs 31? Comes to this passage and, and says, This could not describe me any better. Thank you, Lord. Finally, a text that I can see is all about me. I am the Proverbs 31 woman. In fact, I'm better than the Proverbs 31 woman. I make this woman look like a slouch. We come to the text like that in our own self-righteousness. Your friends and family might, might indeed observe some of the external features that this woman is walking in in Proverbs 31, but what is hidden in your heart might be arrogance. It might look more like the Pharisee praying, Lord, thank you that I am not like any of these other women, but that I am, I am indeed the one that surpasses them all. If the first thing that you thought about when we opened the Bible to read this passage and as you've been hearing the message this morning, if the first thing in your mind has been, I hope so-and-so over there is listening, then I pray that the Lord would, would do a work in your heart. That happens if we approach any passage, but it certainly happens if we approach this passage without humility. And I know everyone is prone to play the comparison game, we all do it, but I, I fear that it's probably more prominent and more intense for our ladies, that it's so easy to, to be tempted by, uh, to compare ourselves with this woman or that woman. It's so easy to fall into the idolatry of needing to have it all together, to be the perfect wife, to be the perfect mom, and what it leads to is exhaustion. What it leads to is more pride or despair, and oftentimes it's a mixture of both both pride and despair. You might be hearing this message this morning and maybe it's not pride or self-righteousness, but maybe there's a real deep shame that's washed over you. Maybe there is a bewildering or a condemnation that you are hearing as you read about the Proverbs 31 woman. Maybe it's not self-righteousness, but maybe it's self-loathing. 
You read about this woman in Proverbs 31 and and you just have great sorrow because you want your life to look like this, but it's not. It doesn't. If that is you this morning, can I suggest that we actually look at the Proverbs 31 man? Because he's there. I don't know if you saw him, but the Proverbs 31 man is in this passage. So if you read verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. If you read that, and yet right now your marriage features more harm being done than good, remember the Proverbs 31 man who was brutally harmed for your good, that you might now be able to offer his mercy to others. Maybe you read verse 14. She is like the ships of the merchants. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. And yet you have been more disengaged recently from your family. Maybe you've been idle or stagnant. Well, then look to the Proverbs 31 man who feeds his house from heaven. He is risen from great darkness and provides himself as your food and portion. If you read verse 21, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. You read that and, and yet you are filled with anxiety. You don't feel clothed. You feel naked and ashamed. Well, take courage because the Proverbs 31 man was shamed greatly. He was exposed and naked so that you would be covered and clothed in his blood. If you read verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And yet there are times when your mouth is filled with wickedness and foolishness, run to the Proverbs 31 man who teaches with perfect wisdom and displays perfect loving kindness, his hesed, his grace. Out of his covenant love, your speech and your words are redeemed. If you read verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And yet, it seems like your home is filled with bitterness and strife. Cling to the Proverbs 31 man who was cursed for you so that now you can rise up and call him blessed. And if you read verse 29, many women have done excellently but you surpass them all. And yet this morning, you feel less than, you feel overwhelmed, you feel unnoticed, constantly frustrated. Remember that you are united to the Proverbs 31 man who is Lord of all, the most excellent one. He truly is the one who surpasses them all. Rest in him. Don't consider, don't consider if you're a Proverbs 31 woman unless you go through the Proverbs 31 man. Now, as we come to an end this morning, I probably uh, did a bit of a disservice to us because 
uh, I have rightfully talked about how this passage points to a picture of a woman who fears the Lord. But if you're a guy in here and you've taken a snooze over the past 28 minutes, let this be an occasion for me to rebuke you. Because this passage, as much as it is about faithful femininity, it is also about faithful masculinity. This chapter of Proverbs is not just for women, but is for all of us. And I know that some of you are nervous and wondering what in the world am I talking about, so let me quickly get to my point. Throughout the entire book of Proverbs, and we haven't read these passages this morning, but if you look through all of Proverbs, wisdom is portrayed as a woman. Throughout the entire book of Proverbs, it's lady wisdom. And so the, the author of Proverbs is obviously wanting, to, wanting us to see as men that we are also to live in the fear of the Lord. That even as wisdom is portrayed as a woman, it is still meant to awaken men to live in the fear of the Lord. So yes, Proverbs 31, it speaks about a heroic, valiant woman, an excellent wife, but it's just as much for men. Now not, please hear me, not in the exact same way that it is meant for a woman, but men in our God-given roles and, and how God has established manhood and biblical masculinity, should we not also be family-centric, others-oriented? Should we not also employ our God-empowered gifts to love and serve our wives and our children and our community and our church? Should we not? This week is women. Chris is preaching on men next week. That's just a little taste, a little preview. But it's for all of us. The gospel keeps us from coming to Proverbs 31 as uh, simply a how-to guide. We talked about this last week. We don't approach Proverbs as a how-to, uh, quick and handy, easy life hack tips. We don't approach Proverbs 31 as a how-to guide for a better marriage or four steps to starting a small business. The gospel brings us back to Christ and the redemptive joy he brings to those who walk in the fear of the Lord. We want to point all of us to Jesus. We want our ladies to be pointed to the Proverbs 31 man, Jesus. That's what's so beautiful about our women's ministry here that Sawyer uh, leads out in, that she helps really foster this at our church. It's such a beautiful thing that our women's ministry is not a how-to to get a better marriage, but it is a pointing to Jesus Christ. It is him it is how do we live for him, the good life that is found in Jesus, the encouragement that's found in loving him and fearing God and then loving and serving others in community. That, that is what Proverbs 31 is trying to show us this morning. We only do this as we behold Christ and his salvation. And we like to say here at City Church that we're a family of families, and that's certainly true. We're a family of families, as, and as both women and men, desiring to bear the fruit of the Proverbs 31 man, whose name is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we, we need your help. We see in our own hearts how we're so prone to, to come to this text and either ignore it because we're a man or to come at it as a lady with pride, thinking I'm knocking all this out of the park, that I'm doing it apart from you. It's so easy for uh, our women to come into a text like this and feel overwhelmed and shamed and lonely. 
It's so easy to come to this text and know how historically it's been mishandled. But you are bigger than all of that. You are worthy to be praised. And we thank you that Proverbs 31 points us to you, the Proverbs 31 man. The one who certainly is family-centric as you have purchased for yourself a family by your own blood. Someone certainly who's others-oriented, that you made yourself nothing. You who are rich made yourself poor for us. And that you've walked in the giftings that the Lord has given you as our Lord and Savior. As the one, the only one, that could ever have brought us out of the despair of darkness. The only one that can bring us from the realm of lies to the realm of truth. So we, we fall upon our knees before you. And we ask for you to build in us and cultivate in us and allow for the fruit to flourish in us of your spirit. I'm so thankful for all that you are doing in our ladies here at City Church. I pray that you would continue to equip them, encourage them, help them to see the beauty of Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.